Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 36. Oh my God, you're advancing your business at lightning speed, followed by, how are you doing it? Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. Today, we have joining with us Eleanor Stutz. Eleanor is CEO of Smooth Sale. She delivers inspirational keynotes, provides sales training, and has authored two best-selling books. One is called Nice Girls Do Get the Sale, which is relationship building that gets results, and the other one is called Hired, capital H, capital I, capital R, capital E, capital D, exclamation point. CEO World Magazine named Stutz one of the brightest sales minds to follow on Twitter. She's been featured on the cover of the March 2015 Sales and Service Excellence e-magazine. And if that's not enough, with the Smooth Sale blog, Eleanor is listed as one of the top 100 most innovative sales bloggers. Wow. Welcome to the show, Eleanor. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sue. It's an honor. Is there anything you'd like to add to the intro before we get started? The only thing I'd like to add is that I'm having the time of my life being an entrepreneur, and that apparently is the key for doing well in business. Enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. And you'll give us some more details behind that as we go on, I'm sure. Absolutely. As our listeners know, we like to align the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. The light shines on you while you share your stories and experiences. So are you ready to light it up, Eleanor? I am. All right. So I'm going to give you a little scene here. You, do, you may not know this, but you are busy writing your third book, and you are sitting in a nice library, and maybe you write on your computer, not sure how you do it, and just for ambiance to get that spirit flowing with the words, you have some candles surrounding you. What color is your favorite candle that's sitting on your desk? My favorite candle color is purple. And why purple? Because it is a more creative color. Fewer people choose that color. And I've always been known to be different from most everyone else. It stands out and it gives me energy. Love that. And what is the motivational quote on that purple candle? For me, it is. And one of the ways that I'm very different is that when you walk, in regard to sales, that is, when you walk in an integrity, you never have to change your story. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you are telling the truth, walking in integrity, being yourself, right? Absolutely. Is that quote by anybody you know? Yes, Eleanor Stutz. (laughs) There you go. It's your own quote. I love it. (laughs) We're going to spread this one. How about that? (laughs) <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm working on a new book, and it's about putting sales on a higher plane. Maybe you'll reveal some things here while we're chatting, too. I don't know. I just might. <laughs> let's go back and let's talk a little bit, because I'm very intrigued, and I think many of our listeners may have found themselves in a similar situation that you did when you first 
entered into the corporate world, if you will. So that, you know, we don't have to say exactly when in, in life that was, but it was, you know, several years ago. And many of us walked into what were male-dominated workforces. And I know you have a story behind that. So why don't you give us a feel for how that entered in and what you encountered? Well, I was definitely not wanted on the all-male sales team. I actually cornered the district manager into hiring me. He said something, and I lived up to what he said. And then I asked, would you like me to start at 8 a.m. or 8.30 a.m.? And that was how I got hired. So you, it sounds like you kind of hired yourself. Yes, I did. And I had never sold before other than Girl Scout cookies. I learned years later that I'm a natural salesperson and I hadn't recognized that. But the men were very upset I was hired. The manager actually told the men not to speak to me. I had no training, never sold before, didn't know anything about the business equipment I was supposed to sell. And I had to ask the secretary how to do my job. She said, you knock on every door in your territory. In those days, we had territories and we had to go door to door. And I actually had three big cities in my territory. And I kid you not, I knocked on every single door. But the main question that I asked every single person who allowed me in for a meeting was, what caught your attention to invite me in today? And then I stopped and listened so that I know what to continue repeating. And because I didn't know how to sell or anything about what I was selling, I just had a friendly personal conversation with the other person. And then you'll never guess what happened. They kept inviting me back. And then their CEO kept thinking, gee, these must be important conversations and got on their case to either buy from me or stop all these appointments because it was taking them away from what they were doing. So the third month, they said, if you just bring a brochure in, I'll buy from you. I didn't even know to do that. The fourth month, I kid you not, I was the top producer of that organization. Wow. You know, that's really something because way back when, and I think that I lived in the same time and had a very similar experience to you, Eleanor, but I think a lot of women did try and go into sales positions because success is based on numbers. So that was one way for us to overcome some of the male-dominated positions, if you will, because numbers don't lie. You know, you're either selling or you're not selling. Exactly. And the other piece that I'm still irritated about is the lack of equality and pay. So whenever I could, once I got confident that I was good at sales, I always asked to be on 100% commission because then I knew I would earn my fair share. Wow, you were brave. (laughs) (laughs) The first time was the most difficult, but it paid off. I'm sure. So let's talk, though, a little bit about sales. So you had no training, and sales at that time was very much you tell your customer why they need you, right? And you took the opposite approach. You said, I'm going to listen and see what they're saying they need and then see if I have the solution. Exactly. So starting with that question, why did you invite me in today? It actually is the diagonal. It cuts through the chase. And they have to be honest about why you're sitting in front of them taking their time. So there has to be a need. And then you just lead the conversation with questions. Most people do the talking selling and that just doesn't work. I liken that to stalking. But when you listen and observe body language, facial expressions, and hear what's not being said. 
that's when you can really narrow in on what they're truly saying, what they truly need, and deliver what their expectations are and possibly exceed them. Right. And you so different an approach than anybody else was doing, certainly back then. Oh, yes. That's why I said I do everything different from everyone else. That became my personal brand. In fact, all my clients told me I was a breath of fresh air. That became my personal brand in the corporate world. And so what do you think has changed now with the sales approach over the course of time? Because certainly now everybody does talk about, you know, deliver value, deliver value, deliver value, and then sell. Do you have any insights for us on that in terms of the evolution of sales? Yeah. You know, it's funny. There's been a big discussion among sales leaders. Some people say you don't need to cold call anymore, you know, like the prospecting I described. And others say, yes, you still do. Social media made everything far more attractive and easier. When you put out quality content, you're going to attract those interested in what you have to offer. And if big companies are not allowing their employees to use social media, I believe they're making a big error because you can greatly expand your clientele with the usage and then have teams of marketing and sales working together. That's another area where it's evolving. But you still, in the end, need to pick up the phone, email, Skype, video conference, whatever the method is, you need to follow up. And on occasion, you need to initiate a conversation. A one-on-one conversation, not through a computer. Yes. You have to initiate the conversation because you mentioned numbers. You need to keep the pipeline full. If you have that dry up, you've got to start all over again. It's going to take another three to six months to find more clients. You have to set a portion of your time a day aside so that you may contact new people. So say you're an avid social media user, go on LinkedIn, look at the person's profile, see if there could be a match and ask if they'd like to get acquainted. And do you think it's all social media now? Do you kind of relate cold calling now to doing that type of prospecting online through social media? I suggest you use all different methods. It's similar to what we were taught years ago about three types of personalities, the visual, the audio, and the kinesthetic, the touchy-feely type person. Mm -hmm. And you need to know how to communicate with them. Well, likewise, I believe you need to use all types of mediums and platforms to communicate with your clientele. And the best way to do that is if you do have some type of communication with them, ask them what their preferred method is. Make a note of it and adhere to that. And that way, they'll also be more inclined to speak with you. That's a good point. You know, I have a lot of customers who like to communicate through Facebook messages versus email, or they like to talk on Twitter versus email, because I kind of always have gone back and gravitated to email along the way. And sometimes they don't even get those messages. You know, because they're not looking there. They're looking in their preferred communication method of choice, just like you're saying. Absolutely. And, you know, time gets busy, so you don't remember to look at all those message boxes. So you really have to ask where people spend most of their time and how they prefer to communicate. Right. But so then on a sales end, let's say we are selling, then we do have to look in all those areas. Right. And I found early on that you try to put yourself in the other person's shoes and see their perspective first. 
And when you can get into that mindset, then you have a better idea of how to position what it is you have that you wish them to know. Makes sense. So you talk a lot about taking sales to a higher ground. What do you mean by that? Well, as we all know, salespeople have a terrible reputation. You know, sell no matter what and don't take into consideration the benefit of the other person. In fact, I had that terrible image also. I was at my computer one night when my children were small, and I knew I needed to find a job to help one day put them through college. And my husband came home and said, Eleanor, I realized what you should do for a profession. You have the personality of a salesperson. I got up and very quietly asked, is that a compliment or an insult? So, I mean, you know, it's funny, we all laugh at that, but there's an element of truth behind that. So, the reason I was called a breath of fresh air is because I didn't do the talking, I did most of the listening, and I wanted to know what clients expected to get, what would motivate them to buy. They had a current supplier. What would it take for them to choose me over the other person? And as an entrepreneur, same thing applies. But I don't say, you know, I'd like to set an appointment to sell with you. I say I'd like to make time for us to talk so that we can find ways in which we may help one another. And that makes a big difference. And doing that sincerely, too. I mean, it may be true that there isn't anything that you can help them with, you know, right at that particular time. Whatever your product is might not be a fit, but it might be a fit next month, next year, or it might be a fit to someone else that they know. It all depends on what you're selling. Right. And at the very least, ask if there are people that they need to meet. You have a big network and you're happy to make introductions. If they have a special event, you'll be happy to post it on Twitter or wherever. You know, try to be helpful. That goes miles and miles because most people do not offer. And the other thing I used to do in corporate was I was always selling against the biggest and best known. And... I would say on occasion, you know, we can't deliver that. Stay for that product with that supplier. But as a backup vendor, I would like to be seriously considered. And many times I got into big companies with that rather than a lot of people trying to lie their way through to the sale and getting kicked out. Right. Anything for the sale because you've got to meet your monthly numbers. Right. I never behaved that way which then made you totally more credible. Exactly. It probably, well, I guess I won't say that because you were saying by the fourth month, you were one of the top producers. But what I was going to say is it takes a little time to lay, lay that path because you might go in to some sales situations. You're not necessarily the right solution. You say you want to be, you know, let's let's talk about me and be an alternative vendor but you might still have X number of dollars that you need to sell to meet your quota for that month. Okay, let me address that. Absolutely. And the larger the company, the longer the sales cycle. So I advise people to have different size companies in their pipeline so that uh, generally speaking, the Smaller companies have tighter budgets and it's harder for them to make a decision. The big companies have a lot of red tape and it takes them forever. But the medium-sized companies are a little more flexible. Just as you have to talk to all types of communication styles with people, 
you need to have different types of companies in your pipeline. The greater variety in everything that you do will give you a wider audience and bigger sales coming in. All right, I'm going to give you a little challenge here, Eleanor, and this is not anything I had you prepare for, so let's see if this will work or not. Can you talk to us about some sales situation that you walked into that just wasn't working? It was really challenging. It wasn't going the way that you were hoping it would go. And what did you do then to turn it around or to make the situation end up in the positive? Oh, okay. (laughs) I have two. One's a really funny story, but I'll tell you the serious one. It was a Fortune 100 company talking about long sales cycles. The purchasing manager was playing games with me and six months passed. I started calling all the VPs and the VPs couldn't make a decision to save their lives. So you'll never guess what I did. I went and this was an important learning lesson. There are no totem poles and anybody has equal thought equal ideas. I don't care what the title is. I went to the basement and I met the person in charge of the business equipment down there. And my company for the first time was going to have a show and tell at a hotel. So I invited the gentleman in the basement to come. I did not invite any of the executives, just him. When he arrived, I introduced him to our executives. I showed him every piece of equipment and I made sure he got a nice lunch and that he was happy and comfortable. After the event, I checked in with him and he said he had never been treated so respectfully before. And then you know what he did? He called the executives actually in charge of the decision and said, you buy from these people. They deliver service unlike anyone else. And I got that Fortune 100 company. Wow. How did you think of this? It was my last hope. Part of it is determination. You have to believe you would be successful in any given situation and do everything imaginable to make it happen. There are going to be drawbacks. Uh, This whole sale took an entire year, but I finally got it. You just have to keep going. I bet you celebrated that night. Oh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) That was a well-earned one, that's for sure. We got the house painted too. It was a nice bonus. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) You said you had two stories and one was a funny one. Oh, yeah. The funny one, I went into a company and a woman, no less, was treating me like dirt. She was so rude to me. I got back to the office and told her I could not help her, but I knew someone who could. The person I knew who could was the most obnoxious salesperson I ever encountered. (laughs) (laughs) So I introduced the two of them expecting to have a good laugh. Well, the laugh got even better. A month later, they Both were on the phone calling me to thank me for the introduction. I believe they started dating. (laughs) Oh, my word. That is funny. (laughs) But there's a little bit of a rascal in you, Eleanor. Oh, absolutely. No denying that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, What do you think? You know, a lot of our listeners have retail shops or they'll sell at craft fairs, that type of thing. They're not necessarily going into the bigger corporations all the time. Do you have any sales tips for them in terms of how they work with customers who, you know, they've they've come into a shop, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're going out and prospecting and then going into sell to them to a meeting. But do you have any insights if it is the way I had just described that type of situation? Well, it'd be very similar, you know, very friendly, thank people for coming in. And, 
you can adapt the question, you know, what caught your interest today? We're so happy you came in. Uh, What motivated you to come into our shop today? Are you looking for something special? And let them do the talking. Really what you've talked about this whole time has been just be human and friendly and interested in other people. That's the whole key. You know, I was at a leadership roundtable meeting. I won't tell you which company. And they thought it was all nonsense. And they wouldn't let me talk in eight hours. I got two sentences out. And that was it. But you know what? That company's struggling. You have to build relationships. You have to follow up with people. And for retail shops, you have to have a reward of some sort, you know, like they have 10 visits or 10 purchases, you get some kind of freebie or let them know about events going on. If you're having a holiday party, maybe get their text ID and send messages to them. Ask if they'd like to keep in touch. So all really to show appreciation for them coming in, being a customer and being loyal to your shop. Absolutely. And creating just a fun, nice relationship where you want to go back. All of us by now have heard the saying, you do business with those that you know, like, and trust, right? And the only way to do that is to speak human to human, one-on-one with each other, and to provide a good experience. That's the entire key to the whole thing. People ask me how I came up with the name Smooth Sale. My daughter actually named it. She's in marketing, but she saw me almost always getting the sale that I put my mind to. And what it refers to as time went on is that you build a returning and referring clientele and your clientele actually becomes your sales force without having to pay them because they start telling everybody else they know how wonderful you are and more people are driven to your store. Couldn't agree more. So we've talked a lot about different strategies. We've talked about different stories so that our listeners have a nice takeaway in terms of what they could, after they're done listening to the podcast, how they could apply this to their business. Can you consolidate this into three actionable strategies that you would suggest people use to help increase their sales results? I would, especially during holiday time, well, between that and the beginning of the year, it's kind of slow or at night, you're mentally going through everything. Start creating lists of people who expressed interest, but you weren't able to follow up with. Think about people who really intrigue you, who complement what you do. Maybe you can partner on an event to further pick up business. If you're not on social media, maybe you can look into one of the platforms that intrigues you the most. But I advise that you always do goal setting, have that large vision where you ultimately want to wind up how you want to be remembered, your legacy, and then work backwards, set putting in place the milestones. And on a yearly basis, the six-month goal, the monthly, the weekly, and daily, and daily have a running task list so you don't waste time trying to remember what you need to do next. And you accomplish a whole lot more moving forward in business development that way. Mm -hmm. In fact, to prove the point, when I first started networking, people used to say out loud in front of my face, she's never going to make it. That's ridiculous the way she operates. Six months later, I heard from the same people, oh my God, you're advancing your business at lightning speed, followed by, how are you doing it? 
So I created my laser goal setting system in the form of a postcard with accelerators, and it speaks to what I just shared. Okay, so the three actionable strategies really are to make a list of people that you might have wanted to get in touch with or possibly prospects that have come in either online, you're capturing them through email addresses, coming into stores, that type of thing, and reach out to them so that even if they didn't make a purchase, they see that you know them, you've identified them as a person, and that starts developing a bond between you and your business and that person. Number two, also look at what types of partners you might have. Other people who might have a similar audience to you, but sell different products. Maybe you guys can put together events or something. And as you do all those things that are more tangible... Also think about what is that long-term goal you're trying to reach? You know, where are you trying to get to a year out, five years out, however you're planning on doing it, and then back it up from there? Because if you don't set your long-term goal, you kind of go willy-nilly and sometimes can get very much off track because you don't even know what road you're really on, what your final destination is. Exactly. Yeah, the goal setting is key to sales and everything you do. That should probably be the first one, not the third one. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) We're going to move in now to the reflection section. This is a look at you, Eleanor, and what's helped you to be successful all along the way. What natural trait do you have that you think has helped you to succeed? I observe. Observation is key to really understanding and learning more. And I observe errors of others as well as the better strategies they use. And I learned from both. Yeah, because you really, you know, you can learn from something that didn't go well, just as possibly even better than you can learn from something that's just smooth, to use one of your branding words. (laughs) Yes. And the other thing I learned, and this is to reassure your listeners, is I used to get very irritated with myself when something didn't go right or didn't work out well. But I learned that if you just go with the flow, as they used to say, and learn from the lesson what didn't happen, something far better will come out from it and launch you much further ahead than that original project. Absolutely. And I think it's so easy to look at really successful businesses and you kind of get this idea that, well, they never stumbled along the way. I mean, look at where they are. They just had their act together from day one and they've grown and here they are, very well-known brand or whatever. But if you dive underneath, every single one of them has made mistakes, been in some serious issues, you know, had struggles that they weren't, they didn't foresee coming. But the key, and this is what listeners, I want you guys all to remember, is the key is that doesn't stop them in their tracks. They figure out ways, whether it's going to see the guy in the basement who works on the equipment or whatever the situation is, they find other ways around an obstacle. They don't just stop. And it's the successful businesses that do that that make it to their final goal. Too many fall by the wayside when they encounter struggles and challenges. All right. Got off on a little tangent there, Eleanor. (laughs) Uh, It's an important one. Yeah, absolutely. So what tool or tools do you use in your normal working day that help you advance your projects forward or help you just stay balanced in your life? You may laugh, but I discovered the Twitter app. I love Twitter because I'm normally very brief in communication, so it 
meets my communication style, and I have a lot of followers these days, the app allows you to very quickly see who's following you and to check if they're the type of people you want to follow back. It saves all kinds of time, and I check it several times per day. It would take longer on the desktop. That's my favorite tool. And I will remind everybody that Eleanor is known as one of the brightest sales minds to follow on Twitter. So what's your handle? Let's just jump it in here real quick while we're talking about it. Oh, thank you. It's at Smooth Sale. And in this case, it's all one word. And sale is S-A-L-E. All right. And so now we are going to put both of your books in the show notes pages as well. But what other book have you read lately that you think our listeners could find value in? My all-time favorite book was written years ago by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. And he had such great philosophy to share in that book and interesting stories. I highly recommend it. Do you go back and read it from time to time? I haven't, but it's on my to-do list. Oh, there you go. You're too busy writing that third book. I am. (laughs) Well, Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook just like Think and Grow Rich. And I know that's on audio because I have it and I've listened to it. It's a fabulous recommendation for a book. If you are interested in that, all you have to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. You can get an audiobook for free. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, Eleanor, we're winding down here, and I want to bring you into our Dare to Dream question. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside? Thank you. I have become the known speaker that I had foreseen years ago, believe it or not, on a stretcher with a broken neck. I was supposed to, best case, be paralyzed, and we know what the other possibility is. But while telling my family that was the case, two visions came to me with a gold light over my body. And I saw that I was going to grow into becoming an acclaimed speaker, helping communities far and wide. The whole key underlying that is community service. So in terms of your gift, that speaking is going to happen. In fact, it's well on its way now. And uh, we've all noticed that primarily salesmen are invited to speak around the world, but I'm on a path to begin with women being asked to do the same. And I have to tell you, Eleanor, that story gives me chills. And that could be a whole nother podcast in terms of challenges and things that you've had to overcome. If anyone wanted to know more about your story and what you did on the physical end and having to come back again, is that documented anywhere for our listeners? There's a short version on my website on the about page, smoothsale.net. Okay, fabulous. And I know that we have had some of our listeners who have had to stop doing some of the businesses they'd done in the past because of physical challenges or health issues or anything like that. So I would encourage you to go over and read Eleanor's story. Look at where she is now, a thriving, successful businesswoman of her own right with a huge dream out front that she's well on her way to achieving. Eleanor, We've already talked about your Twitter handle, which is at Smooth Sale. 
where else could our listeners go to get in touch with you? You may register for my blog on my website, Smooth Sale. Again, it's S-M-O-O-T-H-S-A-L-E dot net. And if you're interested in sales training, hire me as a speaker or would like some private coaching. My cell phone number is 408-209-0550. A sales technique is to repeat a number twice. So it's 408-209-0550. And I am on East Coast time now. A woman who practices what she preaches. How about that? <laughs> yes. Well, Gift Biz listeners, as you always know, the show notes page will have all the information and it will have her phone number listed only once that time because you can read it <laughs> twice. <laughs> Right. But all the other different ways that you can get in touch or listen to or read or connect on Twitter or anything that you would like to do with Eleanor. So Eleanor, thank you so much for all of the really great information. Your stories are fabulous and we all learn better through stories. So this was really helpful for us to understand the message that you're trying to relay. Appreciate all of that, your insights, the stories, everything. May your candle always burn bright. Thank you, Sue. I enjoyed speaking with you today and happy to help your audience anytime I may. Thank you so much. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash G-U-E-S-T. 